The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, Googleization Nation, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show we continue to hope that you, your teams, your families are safe and staying healthy. Uh, we've had, uh, again, another kind of disruptive, dysfunctional week, uh, and um, but we're here to help you make sense of it uh, because there's certainly a lot of crazy shift going on. Uh, we've got a great show today with a special guest. Uh, it was almost 19 years ago to the day that I hosted my first radio show. Uh, it was on an AM station in Rhode Island. Uh, I was in Pennsylvania. Used to call in at 7 a.m. in the morning, and uh, they would record it. Uh, and then maybe two weeks later, I'd get it was pre-podcast for anybody that's uh, any millennials or even younger Gen Zs or, or Gen X that are out there. Gen Zs weren't even born at the time. Uh, and we would, uh, about two weeks later, I'd get a cassette tape and then I'd have to duplicate the cassette to send it out to people early ages of the internet. Uh, and people didn't have the bandwidth to listen to audio, uh, on that. Uh, but one of my, one of my first guests was, uh, our, my guest today, um, part of my, one of, one of the two guests, uh, is a guest today, Joyce Joya. Um, and uh, her husband, uh, Roger Herman. Unfortunately, Roger had passed away a number of years ago. Um, but on that show, we talked about being an employer of choice, uh, which is amazing because here we are almost uh, 19 years later, and we're still talking about the need for employers to do the right thing to create a good experience uh, and why being an employee of choice matters. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, we're going to have uh, Joyce Joya back uh, in just a few minutes. We're going to bring her on the air, uh, and she's going to talk about her newest book, Experience Rules. Uh, and again, something that uh, Keith, you and I have talked about many times about the candidate experience and employee experience. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it even ties, I mean, anymore, right? It ties into the sales experience, the buyer experience, the the, just the overall experience concept mm -hmm. has now risen to the surface in ways that nobody could have seen coming. Right. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 again, we're talking about HR uh, 20 years ago where they're talking about being an employer of choice. And uh, some companies got it and some companies still are, you know, kind of crawling out from under the rock, I guess. Uh, and uh, but you're right. I mean, it's extended experience, uh, especially and a lot of this has come up uh, with the, over the last few weeks, last few months now uh, with covid uh, of companies, you know, suppliers are evaluating how their customers treated them. Vendors are evaluating, you know, how they were dealt with. Um, you know, um, uh, companies are evaluating how their suppliers and their vendors dealt with them. And most importantly, a lot of employees are reflecting. A lot of candidates are reflecting now 
who do they want to work for? This, you know, you, we've talked about this many times, especially with uh, the talent board and Kevin Grossman and and Jerry. Um, you know, we we've talked about this so many times with so many different people. Uh, the value of of the employment brand, the value of having a good candidate experience, the value of treating your employees right, and uh, this just brought it to light because a lot this, the the last three months have, have allowed people to reflect on a lot of things, and uh, so going forward, it'll be pretty interesting. So, so uh, I know you've been swamped, um, <laughs> crazy busy. Um, what what's going on with you? You know, Ira, um, it's a really good time here. Um, not only have we been swamped, but now we're seeing like we've we've kind of gone through the whole process where uh, companies now are coming back to us. Companies we talked to in January, February, and the really cool news is that the ROI shop is starting to get that first vendor selection spot versus other projects. You know, it's not it's not like it used to be where people buy multiple softwares from multiple departments. Now you've got sales enablement competing with HR dollars that are competing with operation dollars. And it's really fun for us to see that people are literally using the ROI shop tool to quantify the value of buying the ROI shop. And we're getting the results that, you know, that are just starting to, you know, really excite us. And and it's global. There's no industry that's more receptive than any other. It just seems like people are kind of shaking off the dust, looking forward, realizing the landscape has changed, and, and they're making the decision to invest with us. So all good, all positive signs over here. And, and that's good. And, you know, it's hard to believe it's just a year since, uh, you, you know, we you, you were you started to work with uh, ROI Shop and and that's uh, it's amazing, amazing journey. So it that, might that's... it might be worth this might be this might be uh, a little bit weird to say live, but it might be worth having a show that just talks about what the hell happened my first year as an entrepreneur. That's because a good one. Hey, really, I'll, I'll send you the calendar. You can book yourself. Right, right. <laughs> I can do that. Right, like because it's it's wild to think about exactly what's happening. Yeah. Well, you've uh, had a journey that a lot of people are going to have, and and you look at that. I mean, you were you know you you basically one day had a job and the next day you didn't. Uh, and you know, they were, you were fortunate enough to have a little bit of a leeway there. You know, they provided you some severance, but, um, you know, we had some interesting discussions last April and May and, and here you are. So, um, you know, that, yeah, I think there's a lot of stories there, so we definitely got to get that on. Uh, but we want to make sure that we can get Joyce on here. So I just want to bring up a couple announcements. Uh, first of all, I want to thank our sponsors, Zor.ai. Uh, that's XOR and Success Performance Solutions for sponsoring Geek Skeezers and Googleization. This is uh, lost count, but I think it's our 105th or 106th show. Uh, so we're, we're, we're getting on up there. And uh, we appreciate uh, all our listeners and our growing base. And there, every week we get uh, more and more downloads and, and more and more people following it. Uh, so that's a, that's a good thing uh, for anybody who's interested. You can catch all our iCart all our archives, uh, all 106 shows up on, uh, I think it's 106, maybe today is is that one, uh, up on uh, any podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, we're probably there. And you can also just go to our website, geekskeezersandgoogleization.com, 
and uh, we're there as well. Uh, a couple other events that are coming up this week. Uh, tomorrow, I'm actually sponsoring again with JobSync, uh, another webinar. We had a great uh, turnout last week, great webinar. You can catch that online. If you need the link, let me know. Uh, we talked about how to use Facebook for recruitment. And tomorrow, we're talking about the impact of COVID-19 on job listings. Very interesting. A lot of if people will, will look at the data, a lot of good opportunities of where to post and what to post and what jobs to post and where where people with the skills you need are hanging out. Uh, again, utilizing a lot of data. Uh, and then next Thursday, uh, we've got the second webinar in our four-part series on the future of employment. Uh, my guest is Dr. Ed Gordon. Uh, I know Joyce yeah. knows Ed pretty well. <laughs> Very uh, well. And uh, yeah, so Ed will be joining us. We're going to be talking about the failure of current ter- talent strategies. The failure of current talent how, strategies. How many hours is that one going to be? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, Ed has, you know, Ed looks at it as a labor economist. So this isn't just the stuff we're talking about. He's got the data to back this up so uh an, an amazing guy um you know he's got uh, he, he he shames us all i think he's got 20 some books <laughs> published out, out there and uh, he's working on another one and that's uh we'll be talking a little bit about that uh and then uh in july I'll, we'll, we'll we'll be more announcements about this but on july 16th i've got sarah turner and another hot topic uh t- we're talking about diversity and inclusion uh, using uh, by applying the growth mindset. So we'll be uh, that's on July 16th. Uh, to get information on any of those, uh, if you're a member of Googleization Nation, which it can be for free, uh, go to googleizationnation.com and you'll get all the updates. Uh, I send out a weekly newsletter with webinars and white papers and events that we're having, including the podcast and uh, any, uh, again, like webinars like tomorrow. And uh, we got a new white paper on on trust, uh, five keys to building trust. Um, or just connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, you'll see the announcements. We get, uh, we're pretty active on there as well. So uh, go up to uh, googleizationnation.com and uh, you'll get announcements and the, the registration. All those events are free, so you can take advantage of it. Uh, and I think that brings us up to now the most important part of the show. We've got Joyce Joya uh, from the Herman Group. Uh, welcome, Joyce, to the show. Great to be with you, Ira. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. We've obviously chatted with uh, in between these times, but uh, yeah, 19 years ago uh, in uh, August, August 24th, I think was the date. So we're almost we're two months short of 19 years. Uh, we were talking about employer of choice, um, and it know. is important even today for employers to be the employer of choice because. The, the title of, our, uh, of my most recent book before my current one was Impending Crisis, Too Many Jobs, Too Few People. And uh, that is what Ed will tell you, that we, have, we had like 6 million job openings um, just before the pandemic uh, hit. And uh, skilled, skilled uh, people... Uh, highly qualified, skilled employees are still difficult to find. Well, we've talked about that a few times, and I've done, uh, you know, brought my share of interviews uh, both here, you know, that I'm doing the interview, but also being interviewed. And, you know, the, the, the one thing that the pandemic didn't change is it didn't create a lot more talent. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? that is very true. Yeah. So so the fact that and and there's employers that say, you know, we're just not we're just getting a lot of applications. I don't think we're going to have a problem. I mean, I had somebody said, I don't think we're going to renew our ATS this year uh, because we're just not having a problem with that. And I said, so when you get you used to get 50 applications, now you get 1300 because there's 40 million people looking for a job. Um, and they go, well, that hasn't happened yet. And they go, OK, wait. But but the other problem is, is it's not there's a lot of people, I mean, out of the 40 million people and there will be more, um, you know, as PPP runs out and, uh, you know, as, as things settle yeah. out and people can't keep them on their payroll indefinitely yes. without business, there's yes. going to be more people. There's certainly a lot of people out there that do have the talent. But the, the one thing that the pandemic did, and I, I think you'll agree with this is that it forced everybody to have new skills as well. So people have to have, not only did they have to have the technical skills and you know the education or whatever they need, but now they have to, they have to be comfortable and proficient at working remotely. Yeah. And that means they need digital skills uh, that they didn't have before. And, and some of those digital skills are, what happens when my computer doesn't work or what happens when this doesn't work? They can't call IT. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about they- it? They can, but they may not get a call back in a reasonable thing. Right. If they can fix it virtually, they can do that. But they can't figure out, hey, unplug this or move this. And they, they don't know what they're unplugging. So, yeah. So so I absolutely the the uh, the the talent shortage uh, has been exacerbated, has been increased, not eliminated. There are, are so, you know, so for some places, some businesses, uh, there's going to be more people looking um, you know, uh, available, but it's going to be harder to find them in the, you know, it's going to be a bigger haystack. <laughs> uh, Joyce, a lot more hay on that haystack. <laughs> Joyce, I got sure. a question for yeah. you. Ira, Ira and I talk about this stuff all the time for uh, over a hundred times almost, right, bud? <laughs> and- oh, and by the way, Keith, I have a forecast. At some point, you'll be selling software for ROE, Return on experience. Well, I'll share with you the very first client I was able to bring on board here working with the ROI shop was an employee engagement software. Aha. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Right? So, yeah. and, and that's where my, my question comes from because I'm the three of us are super dialed in here, Joyce. Uh-huh. And my question to you is when I think back to six months ago, we could do a, a entire week's worth of podcasts about the things that HR needs to get out of the way so they can create an engaging culture that creates retention, that creates a brand that allows any company in any industry to thrive. Yes. And none of those things were addressed before COVID hit. So <laughs> where, where? And now we have the pile <laughs> of additional things that COVID. HR is not at all prepared to deal with. So how can you, how do, for, with all due respect to my HR practitioner community, how do the broken, weak, unfed, and tired Exhausted. handle all of this? Exhausted. Yeah. Uh, Where do we gently, start? Gently and carefully, and they need to take care of themselves. You know, that uh, the expression about being in an airplane and put on your own uh, mask first. Mm. Right. So HR people need to exercise extreme care right now because they're they're really in uh, the most stressful position that they've been in in years. Seriously, because to a degree, the health and well-being of the entire employee population 
to a degree, uh, it falls on the the falls to the HR people, and so they're spinning even more plates than they ever were before. And they need to exercise extreme care and make sure that they're taking care of themselves. If they can get help, um, if they're allowed to hire some auxiliary help, they should do so if they need to. Uh, If the organization is not understanding about that, then they should see who they could cajole into helping them for free. Um, how they could uh, they could possibly do a barter thing um, to to get the help that they need right now at this time of crisis. I I my heart goes out to the HR folks who are trying to handle everything and make it look easy right now uh, and because they have a lot on their plates a lot. And and you're you're so right. I mean, the people I talk to is that finally uh, people are, you know, coming back to work, so they have all those issues. Um, you know, some of them are are wrestling, you know, with payroll. You know, they're trying to juggle the PPE. I mean, some of the traditional functions of HR uh, and benefits. But uh, you know, we we had a guest. Uh, gosh, it's what it's probably over two months ago. Uh, Keith, uh, when we had uh, Jason and Bo, Mit- Jason Cochran and Bo Mitchell on, mm-hmm. and we talked about the you know the likelihood of uh, PTSD, you know mm. people coming back and being stressed out, and now yeah. we have all the the social unrest. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, as if as if it weren't enough for right. HR to have to deal right. with. It's not only being quarantined. But some people, and I don't know, I know uh, Ed uh, Gordon, I know he lives uh, in, uh, you know, pretty close to some of those events. But I was on a call this morning with uh, a consultant, a young guy, and and he's doing pretty well. But he lived like two blocks away from all the Santa Monica burnings. Yeah, who would have thought of that? You know, and they have 150 stores and restaurants that are boarded up, um, you know, a beautiful area down by the beach. Uh, so, you know, I, again, there's there's so much going on. And then who do you call? I mean, basically, HR gets the brunt of this. So on top of that, they're trying to reinvent themselves. So, Joyce, I, I know and you've got your new book. So you, you've kind of trans, not transitioned, uh, kind of evolved, I'll say, from employer of choice to experience rules. That's well, your actually, the employer of choice material is inside of the experience rules book as well, because being an employer of choice is is vitally important for employers as they move into the future, if they want to be able to optimize the bottom line and and win that top talent. Uh, the this book is the culmination of my. Uh, decades of experience in marketing and HR and strategy and leadership. And it pulls it all together in a really neat way. It also forecasts the future of private enterprise and that I believe that we will have folks in the ozone called CEXO, chief experience officers, and we'll have fewer we won't have a CMO and a CHRO, and with all due respect, sorry, sorry, HR people, 
uh, I think we'll have an EVP of HR and an EVP of marketing and sales. And those people will report to the chief experience officer because what organizations are going to get is that the better the experiences that they deliver to all their stakeholders, and I'm not just talking about employees and customers, but suppliers and vendors and the families and the community and investors, all of those different stakeholder groups, the more profitable the organization is going to be. And so it's going to be a bottom line issue, and that's why they will reorg around this whole concept of experience because it will drive profit into the future. And by the way, now more than ever before, because people are particularly stressed out, it's not just HR who's stressed out. I know to a degree I'm stressed out. When I think about just going to the store to pick up a few things, I have uh, our grocery store locally doesn't require mask wearing. And I have a husband who's immune compromised now. Do I take a chance and go into the store? I'm wearing masks. All the employees are wearing masks, but some of the other customers are not wearing masks. Do I take a chance or do I not? And all of those things, all of those micro decisions that we make every day add to the stress and challenge. And, and sometimes those things play out in little aches and pains and issues, physical issues that we have. When I was, I think it was 17, I was having a conversation with my dad. I was on the way to the airport to go back to school in Denver, Colorado, and I said, Dad, you know, I've come to a conclusion that all illness is psychogenic. And he said, well, not all illness, daughter. He was a world-class gastroenterologist. Um, but by the time he passed away, I think his belief system was much closer to mine than it had been at that time. Because the immune system we know works off of the amount of stress and cortisol that we have in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we want to stay healthy, we need to keep our stress levels down. And so it's more important than ever before for business leaders to understand that EMQ matters. That's a new term that I coined, and it's your empathy quotient. (laughs) Because leaders are going to need to be empathetic to all of their employees, including HR, if they want to be successful as they move into the future. And And also, they need to take care of themselves too. There it is, right? They have to make sure it's that going back to what you said earlier, Joyce, which is so perfect, right? Grab the air mask for yourself, realize you could stabilize, and then you'll be the best person you could be to help other people. You know, it's amazing. I mean, how many shows do we do that this, the conversation, Keith, uh, <laughs> we, we end up talking about empathy yep. you know, yep. uh, and, and compassion? Uh, you know, Joyce, when you said CEO, I mean, the CEO, I mean, obviously, most people would recognize that as the chief executive officer. I've seen more versions of CEO in the last week. Um, uh, you know, as chief engagement officer, chief experience officer, chief empathy officer. Um, and, and again, everybody's going around that, but 
it basically the CEO, the, the traditional CEO needs to ha- be all of those. Yes. They need to be responsible for the experience, the engagement. Uh, it's not something that can be delegated anymore. And, and, and that may be what you're talking about. And empathy cannot be delegated either. <laughs> no, and trust. You know, I we've got this. Uh, I've, I've been working with my my friend of twenty five years as well, uh, Dr. Chuck Coker, and he 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 uh, he had been working on a trust profile, uh, which again is you know talking about trust, being able to trust the employer, being able to believe that they've got your best, the employee's best interest or the customer's best interest uh, when they reopen or they make a decision. Uh, And, you know, number, you know, part of that is we don't talk specifically about empathy, but we talk about the components of it, about being transparent, uh, being about relatable, um, being about do people feel empowered around you? Uh, do they trust your judgment? Uh, there, there, there were five factors and, and do they all, you know, build up to that? You know, so people think, well, I, we're going to have everybody do It's funny. We, I, I've, we launched a, an LMS and we got 2,600 programs and I'm going through oh. all the pro and I'm going through, I, I didn't personally launch them. Obviously I'm, I'm partnered with a company, but I go through and they have an online course for empathy. <laughs> and and people and I get calls for you know I've gotten calls for that and they said do you, do you have any you know do you have emotional intelligence and it goes yes well they're going to learn the basics of emotional intelligence but they're not going to become more emotionally intelligent by listening to to 10 7 minute videos um it's not going to happen with empathy either i said what you know what are you hoping to accomplish i said if it's an introduction to what it is and why it's important then they'll get it but that's not going to satisfy what you're trying to accomplish i mean if 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 the outcome was can they watch 30 minutes of video and and complete a certification the answer is yes if if you're gonna make is it gonna make a difference um you know, sadly, maybe. no. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> so, probably, so, sadly, no. Yeah. So, so Joyce, you know, I, maybe uh, I'm onto something with this EMQ thing. <laughs> I think you are. We need no to talk it. about that. Yeah. In fact, uh, when we come back from our break, I'm going to talk about because uh, that that is. I, I think we are onto that, and I'll, I'll share a couple other things that are coming out as well. Um, but we are. You are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. This is Ira Wolf. I'm your host. I'm with Keith Compagna. We are with our guest today, Joyce Joya uh, from the Herman Group. We've been talking about experience rules and employer choice and uh, the new position that everybody should be considering, the chief engagement or chief experience officer. Uh, And uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion uh, about the EMQ, the empathy quotient. Uh, could be something new. You heard it here first on the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Meanwhile, we're going to hear from our two sponsors, Zor.ai, XOR, uh, and Success Performance Solution. We'll be right back in about two minutes. Hi everyone, this is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. 
Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai. Hey, welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, here with Keith Compagna and our guest, Joyce Joya, uh, from the Herman Group. Uh, we are talking about the employer choice. Uh, when we left off, we were talking about the new position, Chief Experience Officer and the Empathy Quotient. Um, Joyce, uh, we were talking about that EMQ idea. Um, there's, there's quite a bit of going on. I, I've been working a lot with, I, well, I write for Cornerstone on Demand, uh, Rework and, uh, Heidi Spirgy. I don't know if you know Heidi or not, nope. um, but Heidi is their VP of strategy, VP of, um, of a couple different things. She's got a multiple titles out there. Uh, but she, uh, she was working on, they're, they're working, actively working on a project about adaptability. Um, and, you know, and part of that equation was uh, was empathy um, They're They're still kind of putting some of that together. But I know I'm going to be interviewing her in about two weeks uh, on that as well. So. You know, it's really interesting that you use that word, Ira, because Roger Herman, my uh, my, my late partner, I wrote a book called uh, Turbulence, Challenges and Opportunities in the World of Work. Are you prepared for the future? And one of the chapters was called The Adaptables. And in that chapter, he talked about the people who would be most valued in organizations as we move into the future. And it was the adaptables. And that's because absolutely what we what we need is people who can walk and chew gum at the same time, people who can do X when is needed and Y when Y is needed. And uh, that whole concept of adaptability is something that I sense that Gen Z is going to be particularly good at. And, and I think that's an important distinction because as I'm listening to you, a lot of people think that's multitasking. And, and, you know, what we're talking about, you know, adaptability, agility, a lot of these words are thrown out. And I think people mean the same thing, but although they, they actually have different meanings, you know, to them, um, uh, if you looked up their, their definitions. Um, but again, being, you know, being able to be more fluid, being able to, to adapt to the situations. Uh, and, and it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, easily distracted. And, and again, as human beings, it's debatable whether we, we can actually multitask. What we can do is we can reprioritize quickly. Uh, but that goes back to what we talked about earlier, too, a little bit. We, we sort of hinted on that, is people are going to have to learn a lot of new skills on, on quickly and on the fly. Yes. And not, yeah, and not just that, Joyce, before you respond there, maybe sure. I could add to that. Think about the gap in leadership between the senior people that work at a company that have maybe 10 years experience versus what a new Gen Z age group 
individual has in what they need to be engaged. There's constant learning. There's constant stimulation. And as it was prior to COVID, most organizations didn't even have a training mechanism that could keep them engaged. Very true and sad, but very true. And we've been talking about that for a while, a long time. Well, I know you have, Joyce, you know, certainly. (laughs) So so let's let's go to the journey a little bit um, because, you know, we talk about employer choice. So so maybe briefly you can, you know, what are the characteristics of somebody who qualifies that since that's an important part of experience rules? But I I do want to find out of, you know, because, again, I've written six books and I hated writing every one of them. Uh, you know, uh, but I've got so much in my head and it's like it's it's part of it. I don't like writing books. I like writing chapters or articles. So putting that whole thing together uh, is is it is really uh, an arduous process for me. Uh, but I do it. I've done it anyway. Uh, so I guess my question to you is from someone who 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 also I think this was your sixth or fifth book as well. My is, sixth and first is, solo book, actually. Yeah. yeah. So th- I guess the question is, is why did you decide to write it? But before we can get there, just so everybody everybody's on the same page. Uh, What are some of the characteristics of an employer of choice? Whoa. Okay. Uh, Let's uh, address one first. Uh, Why did I decide to write the book? Because it was like a book that, in my view, I had to write. Uh, I saw this coming. I felt very strongly nobody else was seeing it. And I, I saw that we had all of these different kinds of consultants and that the holistic approach was going to be the most powerful. Um, so, And also, I wanted to bring together my being a futurist with my background in marketing consulting and my background in HR consulting, and it just did that beautifully. I've been searching for uh, probably 15 years now Uh, how to bring together all the different people that I am, because I I have all of this uh, knowledge and experience, and I needed to bring it together, and this book does that. And um, that's why I, I had to write the book. Okay, and your second question was the characteristics of being an employer of choice. There are actually eight of them, and I will do my best to give you all eight off the top of my head. First is the company or the organization. It, it is an organization that people respect. It has a fine reputation in its industry and in its community because it's a good corporate citizen. It has a proud history. It is an organization that when you mention that name, uh, that you work there, it makes you feel good because that the reputation of that organization rubs off on you. The second thing is the culture. And we're looking for, people are looking for, especially now, a culture that values people, a culture that values the environment, uh, a culture that values teamwork and, uh, and appreciates the contribution of its individual employees. Uh, We've often heard culture eats strategy for lunch or breakfast, (laughs) and that is so true. If you don't have 
a culture that appreciates employees, not only will you not be an employer of choice, but you aren't likely to be able to compete successfully for employees in this ever-intensifying job market. Uh, the The third element is care of people. And an organization shows that it cares for its people by giving them insurance at a reasonable rate, by taking care of them in all kinds of ways. Once upon a time, I went to visit uh, a, a mail order company in New Rochelle, and that day though I was there to do a lunch and learn for them, the nutritionist was there. And so people would uh, have 10 minutes with the nutritionist. And there was another day that they had an organizer available. All of these little things mean a lot, especially if you're not a large organization to your employees. So care of people is number three. Number four is enlightened leadership. You cannot be an employer of choice without having enlightened leaders. Enlightened leaders are, uh, they set the culture. They serve, they feel like they serve the employees. Uh, Servant leadership is uh, an aspect of being an enlightened leader. They are respected, again, in their industry and in the community. They're asked to serve on boards often. They're asked to speak at conferences often. These are people that uh, the industry looks up to, the community looks up to, and by transference, the employees look up to as well. This also has to be someone who understands the strategic value of people. And if, if he or she does not, then obviously that person is not an enlightened leader. Moving along, um, uh, meaningful work. People want to do meaningful work. And what we discovered when we did our research was that it meant that people wanted to know how what they did contributed to the bottom line of the organization. In fact, what we discovered in our research was that that one data point was the most important data point in our entire survey because people above all wanted to see how what they did contributed to the success of the organization. And by the way, if you can make sure that you bake that into how you're working with your employees, you're going to definitely be more successful. Number seven, I think we are up to is comp- yeah. uh, okay. keep going. Don't worry, uh, com- keep going. Compensation. Put on, we put you on the spot, so compensation <laughs> and benefits. You know, I haven't I haven't delivered this employer of choice material in a little while. Uh, compensation and benefits, and this is looking at the total rewards as as people are talking about it. It's looking at the entire picture. Do you have childcare? Do you have financial wellness uh, membership? Do you offer a gym membership? How are you, uh, what, um, in what ways, what other benefits do you offer? Do you allow people to take their total compensation and parse it out? Maybe somebody needs apartment insurance and somebody else would rather have car insurance. Do you allow people to take their compensation and put it toward what's meaningful for them? 
And as far as uh, uh, compensation is concerned, employees don't like to hear me saying this, but we believe very strongly in keeping salary the same and rewarding people for merit and for extra work and for for any any way that we can, anything that they deserve with bonuses. Bonuses can really make a huge difference in how people feel about an organization. Uh, and the last one that I can remember is making a difference. And people want to know that the organization is making a difference uh, in its community, in the world. They want to know that it's socially conscious, but also environmentally conscious. Does it offer recycling? I mean, these are little things, but one day, one of my interns came to me, looked me in the eye and said, uh, where's the recycling bin? And I, I directed her to it. And she said, you know, I have to tell you, it's really makes it's really meaningful to me that you offer recycling here. And and that was an eye opener for me because I know I was dedicated to the environment, but I didn't know that it made such a difference to my employees as well. And it, that's just a little short story about how making a difference is important. Uh, also, giving people time off to volunteer in their community, giving people time off for teacher conferences for their kids. And in these days and times, it also means taking care of them by understanding and being empathetic if they have children at home and they can't do their work until between 10 and 2 in the morning, which I suspect for some people is actually happening. Yeah, a it, lot, lot of employees have become teachers, parents, spouses, housekeepers, caregivers, <laughs> all those things in one. Right, Keith? Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> Keith is a single dad. <laughs> Joyce, we're, we're about to end up this conversation here, but I've really I, – I've been – Holding off on asking you a question because of how amazing the insight you just shared is, but I want to tie it back super quick, if you could, please. And we'll always have you back on the show. Yeah, but, thanks. Um, <laughs> I look forward to coming back and soon because yes. I've I've been doing this whole series of Herman Trend Alerts about mm -hmm. – helping people to cope with what's going on with COVID. Now, mm -hmm. I'm a futurist, and so I always end up with what the future is going to be, but I'm trying to give people hope and help and a trusted source for information because, sadly, there are some of our institutions that we used to depend on as bedrock, and we can no longer do that. 100%, and that's kind of where I was going with my last question. You mentioned drive profitability. Every step of an employer of choice criteria that you just shared with us, in my mind, leads to more profit. How can somebody who's got any, any practitioner inside of HR, what's, where can they start to go or what do they need to consider so that they could relate all of these valuable, what we could consider for today's conversation, intangible characteristics of an employer of choice, how do they make that something real that they can get 
even harder budget dollars for? I'm so glad you asked me that question, because one of the things that I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing the employee retention specialist training online. First time people have been asking me for years to do it online, and I've always resisted. Now I'm about to do it online. So anybody who wants to be an employee retention specialist should definitely contact me at Joyce at HermanGroup.com. But the, the, one of the things that we cover in that is how do you sell employee retention to the, the ozone, to the leaders, to business leaders? And the way that you do that is by showing them how what goes into their pockets is affected by your turnover. Turnover is very expensive, employee turnover. Also, there's a tremendous value in the continuity of having the same employees dealing with each other and with your external customers on, a, on an ongoing and continuous basis. That continuity is worth money to the organization. And you can actually quantify that. It's not easy, but you can. Great answer. I agree with you 100%. It seems like uh, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll grab some time on your calendar and sure. we can talk about that because that I'm sounds happy. like an exciting session. Happy yeah. to. Mm -hmm. hey, hey, Joyce, I, I, mm -hmm. I, you did a great job and I wanted to bring that employer choice out. I know you hadn't done that in a while. We were going to talk about experience rules, but when when I listen to you share those, um, they they, they are the values that drive when people talk about employment branding, the importance of, of people want to work, know who the company is. They talk about company culture. Mm -hmm. um, you basically listed the eight kind of the eight rules and, and you've got the data and the research to prove it. This is what somebody needs to do. There, there's not something simple to go out and go, hey, we're hiring a new marketing department and they're going to help <laughs> us with our brand. Um Right. It's just so silly. And and we are coming up short on time here. So there's a couple things I, I do. I, I want to, you know, get people how they can get the book, the experience rules, how they can get in touch with you. But I, I want to put a plug in for you. Uh, I've been getting the the Herman Trends for Herman Trend know, Alert, yeah. yeah, for twenty years. I don't, uh, is it? You know, I don't yes, know, maybe, yes, it's maybe been more. published that's more than twenty years. Yeah, that's yeah. maybe how we met. We we had a couple of mutual colleagues. Um, you know, I like like you and everybody else uh, get a, you know get dozens and dozens and dozens of newsletters every week. I get it. I at least open it up. Not everyone resonates with me, but I oh, it's one of those that I I get. So how can people? get the, uh, the, the Herman uh, Trend Alert? They can go to www.hermantrendalert.com. I try to keep it to one page, but with this COVID uh, pandemic, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been longer, um, but it's one page uh, on the website. <laughs> yeah, and, and Herman uh, is H-E-R-M-A-N, by right. the way. So Herman, so one R, one N, trend alert, but not like Herman Munster, who let the world <laughs> pass him by. <laughs> so, and uh, if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do it? They can email me at Joyce at HermanGroup.com, or uh, they can just uh, send it to info at HermanGroup.com, and it will get to me. And is the book available yet? The book is not quite available yet. It will be available next month on um, 
it, from Indie Books. It'll be on Amazon and many other places. Okay, and um, if they subscribe to Herman Trend Alert, they'll, oh, I'm sure they'll, they'll get an announcement. Be, definitely, <laughs> get we'll, we'll hey. invite them to our online book launch. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate Congrats that. Congrats on the book. Congrats. Thank you so Thank much. You so much. What a great podcast. Hey, hey, okay. hey Joyce, we will definitely have you back, uh, maybe as co-host uh, <laughs> at time. Uh, maybe we'll do a three co-hosts and we'll just do another round robin on this. So this was fun. Uh, was 20 great. years, is, 19 years is way too long to, way to do too. between shows. So we'll do that again. <laughs> uh, we'll, we will be in touch, but thanks very much. And uh, for those uh, who want to listen to the replay, it'll be up uh you know, shortly online, and uh, we'll make sure that uh, you can get this. This is this is a keeper. So thanks very much, Joyce. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Ira. It was great being with you. So, so Keith, um, we got another one. We keep getting better and better and better. Huh? Yeah, the the and it's getting more real, Ira. Before we were talking about things that could be going wrong, but you know, the shift has hit the plan, and I I really hope that the people that listen to us feel compelled to share this with their friends and their colleagues, because I think that's the answer. The answer to see the best of results possible is to engage your employees, is to share the message, share the vision. It's not over. It's not insurmountable, but it's going to be an all hands on deck kind of a project. And it's going to continue. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear I, I was I had a short doctor appointment this morning at the end. And and, you know, the receptionist says, oh, I can't I, I there was something about the governor. But it was like, I can't wait till we can I can see everybody's faces anymore. And I can't wait till this is over. And it's like this is it's a year from now. And I go, well, I'm not waiting that long. Right. Well, you know, we, we got a long way to go. And, uh, you know, as I keep saying, norm, normal died. You know, I wrote the obituary to normal a couple of weeks ago and, right. and normal has died. Uh, but this was this was great. Um, uh, really, Joyce sort of uh, it's not the end. It's not the last chapter in the book, but it was really a summary. It was sort of a reflection of what everything needs to, to what every company needs to do. Uh, and very seriously. So that, that yeah, was people, Ira, people support what they help to create. So your yeah. idea is you're right on with that, guys. Yep. Yeah. So, and we want to thank everybody for listening again to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Um, so I should know this number, but I think we're at 105 or 106. So uh, we're, we've got a growing audience and, and appreciate everybody uh, carving out uh, either an hour, 50 minutes to be live or uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, if you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor, uh, just uh, reach out to us. You can contact us on our website, geekskeezersgoogleization.com. Uh, you can also connect with Keith and me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, we want to thank Zor.ai, Success Performance Solutions, for sponsoring again. And uh, until next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com, or on any of our podcasts. This is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. 